to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation. Chapter 6. Why don't you turn with me if you can. Revelation chapter 6. We're picking up in verse 9. The title of our message this morning is, The Word, Our Weapon. If you've been a believer long enough, you realize that the Word of God is our weapon. We have the weapon of the Word. We, we use it to combat lies. We use it to dispel deception. It's the, the weapon of the Word. The Word is very powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, the Bible tells us. The Word of God. When temptation comes our way, temptation to lie about something, we, we get out the sword, we get out the word of God, you know, that we're to speak truth and love, Ephesians 4.15. Then you might say, well, it's only just a little white lie. Well, then we go, we, we go to Proverbs 12.22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. And so we, we use the word, we, we use the word to combat the lies. It's our weapon. If we deal with lust as a temptation, we use the word as a weapon. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee also from youthful lust. And we, we run. It doesn't, we don't just get out the word and we, we, we wield the word, but we apply the word. And it's our weapon. And, and it's important for us as believers to realize the power of the word of God. And that's one of the things we're going to look at as we, we look at our text that's in front of us. That, you know, the importance of the word and the power of the word of God. So with that as a little introduction to this wonderful text. Let's go ahead. Let's take a look. Revelation 6, picking up in verse 9, it says, And when he, Jesus, opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them. And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. The Apostle John has been watching Jesus opening up the the seals off of the title deed of planet Earth. And as he's been opening up the seals, devastation has been taking place on planet Earth. It's the time of tribulation. And as believers, I believe with all my heart, we won't be here during the time of tribulation. Can I get an amen for that? We'll be caught up together with the Lord in the air. But so we're we're getting a we're looking into this vision that John the Apostle has, and he's actually caught up into heaven. We don't know if he's in the body, out of the body, or what's going on. Most likely he's just caught up and he's he's seeing all these things taking place in the future during the time of tribulation. And as the seals were opened, one by one, devastation, as I mentioned, is taking place. Peace is taken from the earth. People are going to kill one another. A fourth of the earth is going to be wiped out. Somewhere close to two billion people are going to be wiped out during that seven-year period. It's a terrible time. And now we get to the fifth seal. And the, Jesus, he opens up the fifth seal. And as the fifth seal opens up, we see a picture of the tribulation saints. And they're at the altar. And they're saying, how long, O Lord, until you avenge us? How long until you you deal with this false prophet that's on the earth, until you deal with the Antichrist? How long are you going to put up with these wicked men on the earth? How long, O Lord? When are you going to do something? And Jesus says, that's okay, rest a little while. There's still going to be more. 
There's still going to be devastation that's going to take place. And I want to point out, according to uh, chapter 7 and the next chapter we're going to look at, there's going to be so many tribulation saints that they, won't, they can't even number them. So there's going to be, during the time of tribulation, it's probably going to be the greatest revival planet Earth has ever seen. It says innumerable. Remember, John sees all these people, and, and they're all worshiping God, and it says a number that's innumerable. And then one of the elders t- t- talks to John and says, who, who are those people? And John says, uh, you know. And he says, those are the, basically the tribulation saints. Those are the ones that, that it didn't take the mark. Those are the ones that died during the time of tribulation, beheaded for their faith. So that's the picture that we're looking at. But did you notice the reason they were killed? The reason that they were slain back in, in verse 6, it says the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God. They were slain because they stood on the word. The Antichrist, the, the world leader, he's going to step on the scene. Everyone's going to think he's the greatest thing. He's, they're going to bow down to him. They're going to worship him. Actually, the false prophet, we're told, is going to make a, an image of this, this beast, they call him. And they're going to bow down to the image. Well, the tribulation saints, they're going to be like, we're not going to bow down. They're going to stand on the word. They're going to say, no, 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 no. We're not going to bow down. The Bible tells us not to bow down to images. We're not going to do that. And they're going to be killed for their faith. Again, they're going to be beheaded for their faith. But they're going to stand on the word. And then when the mark comes, when they say, oh, you need to have a mark on your right hand and on your forehead. If you don't have that, you can't buy or sell. And and you must take this mark. They're going to say, well, I kind of read somewhere in the book of Revelation not to do that. Uh, No, thank you. And they're going to be killed. Things are going to be so terrible on this earth that those that stand for righteousness, they're going, to be, they're going to be killed for standing for the Lord and for righteousness' sake. I think we're seeing that taking place, starts of it taking place today, don't you? Even the perversion we see with how today, where we're calling good evil and evil good today. I mean, for a pastor to talk against homosexuality, it's almost like it's going to be one day, it's going to be a law that we can't talk against homosexuality. We can't, we can't teach the Bible. And this pastor right here might be put to jail because I'm still going to teach the Bible. That's what we do. But the attack is against the word of God. Did you realize that? The law that the Supreme Court passed about gay marriage, that's, that's a direct attack on the Word of God. The Word of God says, you know, talks about marriage. The Word of God is the one that, that institutes marriage. This is where we get marriage from, is right here. This whole ordeal about allowing men in women's bathrooms, what is up with that? And we say, oh, this is a good thing. We have world leaders. We've got, you know, our leaders as, as a nation. They're saying, These are, this is good. This is a good thing. We should, we should be like this. And this is how things should be. I believe it opens up a huge door for, for, for perversion and rape. I personally, my wife today, we don't go to Target. I'm sorry, we don't go to Target. Did you know Target lost $10 billion since they said that they're going to allow transgenders into their bathrooms? $10 billion. And you know what they're saying? Oh, it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Matter of fact, we were near Target. I had to use the restroom real bad. And I'm looking, and my wife's, and I, I wasn't even thinking. I said, honey, I'll be right back. I gotta use the restroom. She goes, you're going to the Target? I said, oh, I forgot it was Target. No, I'm not going, I'm not even gonna, use, I'm not even gonna use the restrooms. I read somewhere, May 1961, President Kennedy said, we will put a man on the moon. May 2016, President Barack Obama said, we will put a man in the woman's bathrooms. Where is our world going? 
And they wrap it up so pretty to say, no, this is a good thing. And look, and if, and if you don't like this, you're the hater. You guys are haters. No, it's the word of God. It's the truth of the word of God. We love homosexuals. We love them. God loves them, but God doesn't love their sin. We love adulterers, but we don't love their sin. And we as the body of Christ, do you know that we're the restraining force in this world once we are taken up out of this world and then the Antichrist and all of evil is going to just take over in this world? Did you know that? The Holy Spirit working in us, we're restraining, we're, we're keeping evil from, from overtaking this world. But I'm, I'm thinking, they're getting pretty close. It's almost like the evil is just like, shh, it's just pushing in deeper and deeper. And then just, we're there, we're saying, no, wait a second, wait, you know, did you read in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, have you read Genesis chapter 2, have you read the Bible? And, and we're just trying our best to put a light up there and say, well, it's just against God, that's all, it's just against God, that's all it is. And it's getting more evil and more evil and more evil. We're standing for the word. We're standing for the word. And finally, we're just going to be caught up together in a cloud. We're going to be gone. And evil is just going to take over the earth. So much so you will be killed. Mark his word, not my words. Mark his words. You will be killed for your faith. You will be beheaded, the Bible says. I used to think that's barbaric. It says you're going to be beheaded. Do you remember reading that years ago? And you're like, barbaric, okay, beheading. And I'm thinking, well, nobody beheads anymore. Do they? Yeah, they do every day. Well, the Bible predicted that that's how the, they're going to be martyred. The, the, those that are believers will be martyred by losing their head. We're reading about the tribulation saints. They're standing on the word of God. The word of God is under such attack. The word of God is so important. It's our weapon. The tribulation saints, they're going to use the word of God. They're going to stand for the word of God, but they're going to die because of the word of God. We're living in a world today, we, we're not going to die. Matter of fact, it's our great weapon. It's our great sword. We need to use the word of God. God's word will not return void. It will accomplish that what it's set out to accomplish. So when we use the word of God, it's like a little time bomb going in off in people's hearts. Do you realize that? You quote scripture to people that say, oh, I don't want to hear this Bible stuff. I don't believe in that stuff. And just, well, God said this. And you just plant the little time bomb in their heart, walk away, and boom, Seriously, it's, a, it's powerful, it's living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. It's the discerner and the thoughts of the intents of the heart. It's a, it's, a, it's a living word. I remember my sister would just plant those little time bombs and then she'd walk away. I'd get all upset and mad, but then I'd go to bed and start thinking about it. I can't believe she's judging me. I can't believe she's saying this about me. What about then? It's just stuck in my head. I couldn't get it out of my head. It's powerful. God's word is powerful. We need to use it. When we were doing our build out here, we had to invite all the, the local neighbors, the residents uh, to our building before we can move in per the city to you know, have them ask us any questions and what their objections would be and why they don't want the church here. And so we'd had to have these meetings. So we'd had one, our first meeting was right here while we were doing the build out, we had people saying, well, what about loud music? What about this? What about this? So we had to answer them. You know, one said, well, what about, you know, sunrise service? You're going to play loud music at 5 a.m. or, you know, 4 a.m. in the morning and stuff. Said, no, we won't do that to you. We realize we're in a residential area. So that's a good question. You know, so it was great. It was real peaceable. 
But our last meeting, they had another one. It was at the city hall. And I just didn't, I, I knew there was a battle. I knew, I'm thinking, something's going to happen. It's not going to be as easy, you know. So I'm praying and I'm just, Lord, you know, please protect us. This is our last one. If we pass this one, it's going to go through. And I'm like, Lord, and, and I'm, you know, as I'm praying, I'm thinking of the word of God. And I'm thinking about how the Bible talks about that he brought confusion on the enemy's camp. And I'm like, okay, Lord, bring confusion on their camp, Lord. And don't let them prevail They're, if they come against your church. This is your, you know, I'm just praying away. So we get there, and sure enough, a lady shows up, and she's just sitting there. And we're like, oh, no, here we go. And you can just tell on her face. You know, I mean, you didn't, she didn't have to say a word. She just walks into the meeting like this. <laughs> just looking around. We're like, oh, no, here it comes. We're like, Lord, confusion, confusion. <laughs> Remember your word, Lord, confusion. I kid you not. The, the, the city official opens up. He's got the mallet. And he says, okay, now we're opening up. Da, 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 case number, whatever this and this. Da, 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 you know, Calvary Chapel, the harbor, blah, 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 blah. And he's saying that. She literally cuts him off and says, excuse me, I can't hear you. And I'm like, did she just do that? Really? And she goes, can you hear? I can't hear what he's saying. Can anybody hear? And he, he's speaking loud and clear. Everybody can hear him. I think two angels were just sitting on one side holding their ears like this. <laughs> And he starts talking again, and he does the same. She cuts him. She goes, I can't hear you. I can't. Can you speak up, please? And he goes, listen, you know, I'm talking as loud as I can, you know, da, 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 And he's just, he's real calm and stuff. So then she had her chance to speak, and she's like, I live next door to that church. And I, you know, I can't believe, who would want a church in their neighborhood? <laughs> and then she, had, she said this. She goes, she goes, what if they walk on our boats? And I looked at my attorney. We had an attorney there just in case, you know, and I said, should I say something? He goes, oh, no, let her go. Let her go. (laughs) You don't need to say a word. (laughs) There was confusion, and God answered his word. His word is so powerful. As I just quoted, Hebrews 4.12, you know it if you've been in the word long enough, for the word of God is living. It's alive and powerful. Did you get that? It's living. It's not just living. It's powerful. And if that's not all, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharper than any physical sword you can have, than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. It cuts through the soul, your personality and spiritual things, and it discerns what's right and what's wrong. And even in the physical realm, joints and marrow, and even in the, like that story I just told you, it just, just goes inside the physical realm and it works in the physical realm. And it's the discerner, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You go into the word and you're like, okay, is this emotion? Is this my feelings, Lord? Or is this you? And then it discerns and you're able to discern what's right and what's wrong. And, it, and he speaks to us through his word. The word of God is powerful. We have sandwich boards that we put out near Starbucks just to let people know that we're in the back here. And just recently, one of them was missing again. It's the third one that was missing. So Pastor Chad, the youth pastor, and I, were out there, and we're looking around in the bushes for it. We're like, maybe kids picked it up and hid it in the bushes somewhere. Maybe it's just, you know. So we're looking all over for this thing. And then we're like, you know, and I just started praying. I says, Lord, I says, I says this is your sandwich board. But I'm getting a little frustrated, you know, and I'm like, but it's yours, Lord. And I, and we prayed, you know, Lord, we use the word, you know, convict them of this. If they, if someone took this, bring conviction and, and bring opposition and just, you know, do something, intervene, Lord. 
And we prayed and forgot all about it, you know. And the next day we get a phone call and this man calls the church up and he says, he says, are you guys closing up your church? And Chad said, no, why would we be closing up the church? He says, well, uh, I've got a sandwich board here and my son said that you guys said he can have it. <laughs> that you're closing the church. And, and he says, well, I'm a Christian and my son's not. He's kind of living in the gay lifestyle and, and all. He says, but... He says, you know, when I saw your sign, it was on the side of his home. And I came in from out of town and I saw, you know, Calvary Chapel of the Harbor and I asked my son, you know, and he says, well, the church said I can have it. They're not going to use it. And he says, well, what would you want it for? And he says, well, we just had a party and I used it for, you know, out on the street and put our signs on it so people knew where my house was at. And he says, it just didn't seem right. And so he gave us our signs back, obviously. But praying with the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful. And I told, I told Pastor Chad, I said, we should have prayed the last two times. We would have got those signs back too. <laughs> Talking about the power of the Word, Psalm 119, verse 11. The psalmist says, Your Word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are you hiding God's Word in your heart? Are you having a problem with sin? We all do. We all fight temptations. But the more word you get into your heart, the more word that you take in, the more power you have not to sin. The psalmist says, your word I've hidden, I, I placed it. It's almost like, you know, you, you take the word, it's so precious to you that you just like, I, I'm going to keep it in my heart. I don't sin against you, God. Okay, you said this is wrong. God, help me not to do that. You're, you said this is wrong, Lord. Help me, Lord, not to do those things. You, your word says to beware of this. Oh, God, help me to remember that, to beware of those things that are, that are not of you, God. And it's, you're hiding that word, his, his precious word, deep in your heart that you might not sin against the Lord. Sin's attractive. We're going to battle sin till the day we die. I, I wish that wasn't true. Wouldn't it be nice you become born again? It's like, no, don't sin anymore. Sin free. I, I heard a pastor on television once that, that literally stood up in front of a big congregation and says, I don't sin anymore. I said, you just sinned. You lied. <laughs> and I was like, you, you're lying. Of course you do. We're not sinless, but we should, we should be sinning less. We're not sinless as believers, but we should be sinning less. And the more we keep the word in our heart, the more we hide it deep into our hearts, the, the more we have power over the sin. That word I've kept in my heart, the psalmist says, that I might not sin against you. The word of God is powerful. It gives us direction. Did you know that? When the Lord's speaking to your heart and you open up the word and it's confirmed to you, you're like, that's the Lord. If the Lord's speaking to your heart and it totally goes against the word of God, let me tell you something. The Lord's not speaking to you. It has to line up with the word of God. It must line up with the word of God. The psalmist writes, if you're a note taker, Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, the word of God, it, it's a lamp to your feet. It, it illuminates your steps. Do you ever start walking some way and you're like, wow, this is so good. This is so awesome. And all of a sudden, God just shines his light of his word in your path in, in, in front of you and says, don't go there. I suggest stop. Don't go there. His word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. It, it illuminates our steps. It shows us if it's right or wrong. Right before us, you're reading the word and it's like, wow, okay, I uh, guess I won't go there. You walk in his ways. 
He directs our path. He confirms. He gives you confirmation when he's speaking to your heart, if it's God or if it's just your emotions or your feelings. The word is powerful. As we read this morning, Psalm 119.9, how can a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed according to your word or the word? Do you want to stay clean as a young man? Stay in the word. Retain it. Keep it. Let's go back, if we can. Let's go in our text. Verse, verse 9, it says, And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw on the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God, as we just looked at, but also for the testimony which they held. Not only were they killed for the word of God, but they, they, their testimony. The, the word testimony can also be translated for their witness. In other words, they shared their faith. They weren't afraid to, to share with others Jesus. They weren't afraid to glorify Christ in their lives, even if it meant death. And they were killed for it. We're reading into the future. We're reading in something that's going to happen during the tribulation time. But, but we're reading, but it's also for our exhortation, for, our to, for us to, to apply. We're all called to be a witness for Jesus, to share our faith, to let people know about Jesus. How will they know unless we preach? How will they know? I'll tell you, I am so thankful my sister and others shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with me because that's why I'm standing here. They were bold enough to say, oh, excuse me, but uh, God loves you, and he doesn't like you living in that lifestyle, and I know you're going to get mad at me, but that's the truth. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> when I was on the beach in Daytona with my, my friends hanging out, partying during spring break, and a young man came up to me with crackled voice, and he looked at me, though, and he's right in the eyes and says, God knows what you're going through He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. I don't know what you're going through, but God knows everything you're going through, and he loves you, and he has a plan for your life. And he just shared the gospel with me. And I took the track, and I just like, okay, yeah, all right. Time bomb. Called to share. We're living in such a dark world today that we're shining, even if we don't know that we're shining as Christians. We're standing out, but don't. Be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of your faith because there's dying people all around us. They might act like they want nothing to do with God. They might act like they've got it all together, but guaranteed they do not have it all together without Jesus Christ. I put on a good mask. I put on a good show. When I got saved, everyone looked at me and said, I thought you had it all together. (laughs) I was like, no, I was a mess. On the way to the beach fest, I went to the beach. How many went to the beach fest? And just show hands. Great. We got some people here. It was so awesome. On my way there, I'm going to make a little stop at the yogurt land. (laughs) And I walked through the door. Just as I walked through the door, the lady, the young lady behind the counter, she goes, she goes, thank you that you're here. She says, I've been praying that you would show up today. And I said, yeah, what's going on? And she says, well, I watched the video and about end times and about judgment in this world. And she says, is that true? Is that going to happen? Is there going to be judgment in the world? And God's going to you know, judge the world and there's going to be punishment? I said, yeah, it's true. I said, as a matter of fact, we're reading about that in the book of Revelation. She says, well, I don't want to be a part of that. She goes, do I need to get baptized to, to wash my sins away? And I says, well, let me tell you, all the water in the world is not going to wash your sins away, but it is good to be baptized. And I explained baptism And as I explained the reason why we're baptized, she was like a little kid in a candy store. She was like, tell me more, tell me more. And I brought up the fact that, you know, we must be born again and and repent of our sins and let Christ come live inside of us. And she goes, that's what I need. I I need to have that. 
And I said, you can do that right here. She's behind the register. I'm standing there. By the grace of God, not one customer came in during the whole. There's people sitting in there, but not one customer came in to interrupt what we were doing. And she prayed to receive Jesus Christ at her register. And she goes, I'm going to start crying. I says, it's okay. Start crying. And she started weeping with tears and convulsing and saying, God, forgive me of my sins and come live inside of me. Give me new life, Lord. I repent of my sins. I give you my life. She wanted to hear more and more about the Bible, and she had more and more questions. I didn't want to leave. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.